Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Hello and welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm super excited today because guess what? We have Oprah, but our <laughs> Oprah. Brenda, say hello to our audience. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here today. <laughs> okay, I got to tell the Oprah story before we get into it. And then we're going to get into your testimony. Yeah, yeah. But I saw, I, Brenda works at Gateway, the church that we both attend yeah. and we love. Shout out Gateway. And I saw her in a meeting and I said, who is that? <laughs> she has such an amazing personality, so bright, so much light. I said, I have to have you on our show. Yeah. We have to get you on the show. Yeah. So I gave her the nickname that she was our Oprah. So Oprah, no offense, but we've got yeah. our own Oprah. That's right. Uh, that's yes. right. So, so Brenda, welcome. Thank and you. I want you to tell our audience yeah. what your theme and what the Lord has put on your heart to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. So while I was praying and just asking the Lord, what did he want me to share? I really felt like it was time for me to tell my story about anxiety and depression yeah. and how I have lived with it for all my life. And the past four years have really come and yeah. honestly, my life has changed and turned around and um, yeah. Like, mm. I'm so excited to just share the past, what happened, and yeah. where I am now. You know, yeah. and we're going to get into that. And one of the things that I learned when I was in treatment is that mm. I was depressed. Alcohol yeah. is a depressant, and I didn't realize it. And I actually didn't know how to deal or cope with it. So I'm yeah. glad that you are addressing it today mm -hmm. for our audience. And then the other thing is you came up with a very cool title of yeah. the show. So mm -hmm. share that with our listeners. Yeah. So the title that, you know, I came up with is like, so now what? Yeah. And it really derived from, okay, so I've basically my whole life yeah. have, you know, felt like I was anxious all the time and then really hit rock bottom when like really went into depression. But now post that, you could say, post yeah. hitting rock bottom, now what? So now like, what does my life look like? How, yeah. what are like the coping things that I do yeah. when, you know, life is still lifing yes. and uh, yeah. it still comes and gets me and, you know, hits <laughs> me from the side. But, you know, how do I not spiral essentially? Yes. And yeah. so how, you know, what are the things that I do and people that I see? Because yeah. I do believe in professional help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listening, counseling is not a bad thing. It is not. And so we want to get right into your testimony. Yeah. Get Give our audience, let us know, hey, all the Lord has brought you Absolutely. to. Absolutely. So I thought it was very fitting for me to kind of share a little bit of growing up. Yes. Because it really does play, like, I think it's very unique. Mm -hmm. And to people who are like, what? Like, I can't believe, like... You know, like you said, I am Oprah. And yeah. so I'm happy all the time. Yep. And so for the longest, I would say it would definitely be such a huge cover up for me because yeah. people would be like, you're just happy all the time. But yeah. 
I grew up in Houston mm-hmm. with Guatemalan parents. Okay. Um, and my my dad was a pastor, so I was a pastor's oh, kid. Okay, PK. Okay. PK. So uh, you know, there's a lot yeah, with that. Yeah, a lot to <laughs> and um, you know, just kind of like live life. You know, went to school out in West Texas at Texas Tech. Okay. Uh, guns up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just I really, really enjoyed you know college and all of that, but. Mm-hmm. Probably in 2019, um, yeah. we had an apartment fire. Okay. Um, I was living with a roommate at that time. And a couple of months afterwards, I, I now know what it was. I didn't know what it was at the moment. I had a full-on panic attack while driving. Okay. And I and she kind of was like, I think you had a panic attack. And I'm like, first of all, I don't even know what that yeah, is. No, right? Yeah. Um but uh, then I moved by myself, and that is honestly when I hit rock bottom. Okay. Um, I cried every day in that apartment. I was like, I am alone. Just like all the lies, like when you're really depressed. Like, yeah. I'm alone. I don't have any friends. My family's not here, which was like complete lies. Okay. If you know me, you know how right. many close I friends I have. My yeah. brother lives in town. Like, it was like this whole thing. And... Okay. I knew I wasn't good when every Sunday while getting ready, I would cry. I would cry just even going to church. Even getting ready to go to just church. Just getting ready. Sunday. Like that was like, I had to work myself to that. And then I started teaching. Okay. Well, I was a teacher in my previous life. I yeah. taught high schoolers for 10 years. And I would cry every day going to work. Okay. And I was like, I don't think this is normal. Yeah. I was like, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm just really sad. You know, at what point did anyone notice or did you decide, hey, I need to get help? Yeah. So it was actually my best friend because at this point it actually started affecting my physical body. I started having like numbness throughout my body. So in my head, I said, let's go see the chiropractor because (laughs) I need to. Not the counselor, but the, the, chiropractor. the chiropractor. Okay. I said, okay, um, I was like, well, maybe it's like my nervous system is off. Like <laughs> yeah. all these things I need to get adjusted. Guys, I even bought a new mattress oh. thinking I needed a new bed. Okay. Like we did everything, all everything. But I should go to counselor. Yeah. Because nobody had told me. And growing up, like just in the environment that I yeah. grew up, it was something just so frowned upon. Like yeah. if you went to go counseling, it was like, You've gone crazy. Yes. You know, like, why would you go see a counselor? Yeah. And so I think in the back of my head, I always had those thoughts that that wasn't normal. Yeah. And so I, my best friend at that time went with me to Nebraska Furniture Mart okay. to go look to, for a mattress. To go get the bed. <laughs> Instead of the counselor, we want you guys to get counseling and you can get the bed later, but let's get the counseling <laughs> yeah. first. Yes, please. <laughs> and then we went to dinner and I can remember we were at 60 yeah. Vines in Plano. Yeah. And I am now again crying, like uh-huh. just, I'm like, just, I just cried every day. And she looked at me and she said, look, I, I really think you need to go get help. Yeah. She said, I love being your friend, but I can't help you. I love you. And I really think that you need to go talk to someone mm-hmm. professionally just to kind of help you like figure out what's going on. And at first I was like, I'm offended that you wouldn't want to help me, right? Like, I'm like, you're my best friend. Like, and then she's like, just think about it. Just like, you Mm -hmm. know, like there are people out there that this is what they do. This is their profession. They can help you walk out like 
whatever is going on. Yeah. Because to me, I was like, it is the fire, yeah. right? And and thank God for your friend for yes. telling you the truth in love. Yes. And too many times our friends don't tell us the yes. truth and they don't tell us the truth in love. So we respond. Exactly. Right. And so then I remembered being a pastor's kid. There was a another pastor's kid that, you know, older than me and that yeah. her profession was counseling. I reached out to her and I kind of told her like, hey, I'm looking. Could you like help me? I have no idea what I'm doing, okay. but I know I need to go find someone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's like, well, because we're friends, like, I can't help you. But here are a couple of things that I'm going to send you an email with things and okay. that you can look into, yeah. which I love. I still have that email. Yeah. Because she just said, you are a Hispanic woman. Yeah. That's educated. Mm -hmm. These are the type of counselors that I think you should be looking for. And mm -hmm. she gave me three links. She knew that faith for me was like a huge part, right? right? Like God. And so she said, I really recommend to go see a Christian counselor. And this was the biggest thing that like aha moment that she said. She's like, it's not like they're going to talk about God okay. unless you ask them to okay. bring God into your sessions. Mm -hmm. So just because they're Christian, they're not going to implement anything like, you know, God, this. No, because it's it's just you need help. And I right. was like, oh, like okay. Like, well, this is interesting. Right. I didn't even know they were Christian counselors, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, it was like a hit or miss. I said it was like, it's like dating. You got to right. go to a couple of people. And it also is based on their availability and their yeah. schedules. And I remember calling like, the office of my counselor that I have now. Yeah. And she's, you know, she was just trying to get like a big picture of what was happening. Yeah. And I mean, I just started crying on the phone. You just stopped. <laughs> so you, you were crying, it, it seems like for years. So my question becomes, yeah. where is the Lord in all this? And then yeah. how is your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. At that point? So I think at that point, I had completely stepped away from everything that was the church. And the only okay. thing I would go to was church services, essentially. Okay. And I, you know, would read my Bible and pray. And I would tell God, I don't feel like you're here at all. Like, okay. I feel like I am by myself. Um. And as I went through sessions, like, cause I was like, I can't believe we had this again. To me, it was just the apartment fire caused all of this. Yeah. But as I navigated through my sessions, I really figured out that, I mean, anxiety had really driven my whole life. Mm -hmm. To tell you that I thought it was normal that you would get inside of your car. Yeah. In like a normal daily life, I would go to the grocery store, go do this, and I would immediately start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in my car. And what if I crash into the wall? And what if my car flips over? Or what yeah. if I run out of gas? Like, I thought for, at that point, I was like 28, 29 years old. I thought that was normal. Yeah. It, it, I, myself, and a lot of people who suffer from addiction, that thought pattern that you just described yeah. is a thought pattern that sometimes uh, inflicts and becomes a stronghold in our mind yes. as well. Yes. So it's interesting to hear you say that because I was like, oh, I, I understand that because yeah. I would think yeah. those things. And so it was one of those things that, you know, it wasn't until, until someone like a third party doesn't know me. It's just hearing my stories mm -hmm. tells me, hey, that's not normal. Yeah. Like, why would you think that's normal? Yeah. And all of a sudden I said, oh, oh, like, you know, I'm like, I thought I came in for this one thing, but now I'm talking about like my whole life and I'm talking about like my past experiences and I'm yeah. talking about like my way of thinking. Yeah. And 
I really had to cling on the Lord because that was really hard to figure out like, oh, wow, like I've just spiraled my whole life. I don't even know if I know what normalcy is in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and the verse that probably came really into light in my life was the verse where the Lord is talking and just saying, like, you have to actively take captive your thoughts. Ooh, yes. And, you know, I read that so many times. And it wasn't until I was going through counseling that I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like, now I understand what you're talking about, like, taking your thoughts captive. Because she said, Brenda, like, this is not like, no, you can rewire your nervous system in your brain to not think that way and i was like i can change like i was like i can be a different person (laughs) i can i can stop crying yeah so you were excited about that (laughs) i want to stick and stay there just for a moment because not taking our thoughts captive creates these strongholds and it allows it's an open door for the enemy yeah to what if us cause anxiety, make us live our lives in the future or in the past. Yes. And then all of a sudden the anxiety goes from anxiety to fear to depression. Yeah. And man, that is that that's so powerful. So yeah. thank you for sharing that yeah. scripture. So tell us a, a bit more about the healing process yeah. and then talk about what your life is like now. Yeah. So the healing process has taken three years. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Thank you for saying that because a lot of times I'm with people yeah. uh, every day in addiction and I'm telling their parents, like, we have to have patience. Yeah. And this is a process. Yeah. It may be three months or it may be three years, yeah. but you got your mm-hmm. healing. So yeah. talk more about that. And uh, so I did counseling every week for probably a year. Mm. I would go see my counselor every week and then we moved it to every two weeks and then COVID hit. So that was fun. Navigating probably my deepest, hardest moment through counseling, being by myself because I was living alone. But I thought that COVID was the best thing that happened for me and my mental state at that moment. Because Mm -hmm. while in that moment in counseling, you're not meant to be by yourself, that's when my relationship with the Lord grew deeper yeah. because he was the only person that I could lean on at that moment yeah. and be really honest and raw with. Yeah. And then we progressed to once a month. Okay. And so probably a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, not weeks ago, months ago, she said, okay, I think we can like stop our sessions of you coming in constantly. Okay. Um, but that she's like, that doesn't mean that if something comes up, And you need to come and process. You can't come in. And so what I feel that has happened in counseling is like, I I think like of a a person that I can't even think of the name. Uh Um, You know, like a person in Home Depot that has like a tool belt. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And so I feel like in these three years, I've gained all these tools. Yes. And I've just put them in my tool belt. And as life has happened in the past couple of months, and, you know, whether it's like really good news or really hard news, and then I can analyze and like reflect on myself, like, Rena, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, are these like anxious thoughts or are you spiraling? I like take out different tools of what she has equipped me with. Yes. it, to be able to process it. Yes. And then also to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I just need one session. I need to come in and I just need to talk and just word vomit, yes. which is the best thing yes. is you can go into those sessions and honestly just word yeah. vomit. And yeah. if I were to tell 
the listeners and watchers like be honest because mm. you will get out of it what you put into mm. it you can get go to counseling for years but if you're not putting into practice what they're saying you it's like you're still stuck in the hamster wheel and i've seen my life just completely and radically change the past yeah. probably like year year and a half to i constantly like could dri can drive N my mind is silent yeah. I can look at the sky and be like, wow, this is so beautiful. And sometimes I cry out of happiness, Ooh, out of that. saying, love those moments. I am living my best life. Yeah. yeah. You, you are a couple of thoughts. One, I want you to talk about dispelling the myth for people that look like you and I, yeah. black and brown folks. Yeah. Because when I went to treatment, you know, I had factions of my family saying, hey, you need you need to pray harder. You need to pray more. Yeah. Well, I did all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So just let the people that happen to look like us, because in yeah. our communities, for sure. counseling is kind of way down yes. the spectrum of getting yes. help. So talk about the importance of, yeah, of counseling. Absolutely. And then secondarily, share some of the coping mechanisms that you yeah. use to take your thoughts captive and stay calm in, in all situations. So one of the things, I wanna say probably one of the hardest things for people that are culturally diverse like us is probably having the conversation with someone else yeah. that I'm going to enter like, I'm gonna go see a counselor. Yeah. So the way I handled that was yeah. to have the conversation to say, this is where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not in a good place. And this is what I've decided. Yes. I want you to join me in praying that as I go see someone mm -hmm. that I can be helped. Yes. And that honestly, then I feel like that helped me take power over this is my decision mm -hmm. and i know that you may disagree but that's okay because i need help for myself yeah. so it's one of those things like those conversations are not going to be fun yeah. um but they're needed mm -hmm. and i will say like my family especially probably my parents have completely turned around their thoughts on counseling yeah. Like, because they have seen how much I've changed. Mm -hmm. Now I do have to constantly remind my mom that anxiety is not who I am. Because she's like, oh, you're just anxious. And I'm like, no, no. That's no. right. You know, like, that. no, mom, mm -hmm. that's not who I am. That's who I thought I was or my mind, you know, ran that. But that's not who I am now. Yeah. So you're just constantly having to remind yourself yeah. of those things and remind others. Yeah. Um, so I would say there's nothing wrong with going to counseling. If anything, I encourage people to find a counselor that looks like them mm -hmm. because then they're able to understand the cultural diversity that yeah. you grew up with, mm -hmm. like your thoughts. And even then, like you will say stuff and they'll be like, well, I've never heard of that. And yeah. you can be like, okay, like that's your story of yeah. how you grew up, yeah. you know? So like, just be yourself. Like that would be the, like the thing that I would say, like, don't hold back. If you need help, like go get help. It's, amazing what can you can look back and be like wow that part of who i was was my history is not who i am now yeah. and i can appreciate and value those things but i've moved on and i'm a different person Ooh, wait, that that is so good when we initially met as i mentioned uh, <laughs> earlier on the show we started talking because you were just so filled with energy mm -hmm. and the love of christ that I had to know you. I'm like, I got to hear your story. And when you said that it involved anxiety and depression, I'm thinking, no way. How, how is that possible? 
talk to the young ladies specifically and our single mothers yes. who are suffering from anxiety that leads to depression or both. Absolutely. Um, man, get yourself a good group of community, What, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I had bad coping mechanisms, like alcohol was a bad coping mechanism, yeah. eating, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just, or even like social media, it would just be like the constant scroll because I wanted to numb everything that was like yeah. happening. And so I saw that having like the real and honest conversations with my girlfriends, mm -hmm was like a big liberating thing because they kept me accountable yeah. and they would check in and mm -hmm. they would be like, okay, how are we doing today? Yeah. Like, where are you at? And I'll be like, I'm good. And they're like, mm, you're lying. Yeah. So like, tell me like how you really are. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, and even, you know, the family members that you would consider really close to you. So like for me, that's my brother and my sister-in-law. Mm -hmm. um, I took them individually and just told them like, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm not in a good space. And they were actually the first family members that I told yeah. and they came alongside me okay. and they were like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll walk out this journey with you. And to me, that was probably like, I felt so loved because again, in my head, I thought I'm alone in this journey. Like, yeah. you know, people are going to leave me when they find out. Yeah. And it was just that like, hey, I love you. I don't know how else to help you. You need to verbalize that to me. Yeah. So like just even verbalizing like with whoever that community is to you, like, hey, this is where I'm at you know, I, I need some help or I'm going through this journey of counseling. And if you see something off, like, tell me, I don't know. I'm because I'm very honest also, yeah. like with You're my community. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's I probably, that's what I would also say. Like, but just know you're not alone. There are a lot of women out there that go through like anxiety and depression. Yeah. It's just probably like has not become such a taboo topic as it probably was. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't have to define who you are. The the key, I, I take away several things. One was don't suffer in silence. Yes. Ask for help. Mm -hmm. Get accountability partners. And this is important for the families of people who are suffering from, whether it's addiction, anxiety, or depression. Show them you love them, but also tell them that you love them. Yes. Because so many times we're so corrective Mm -hmm. And I got to fix, I got to fix Brenda. Mm -hmm. We got that. We just forget to say, Hey, I love you. I know you're struggling. I acknowledge that, mm -hmm. but we want you to know right where you are. Yeah. I love you. Mm -hmm. Cause that's how Christ is right. Yeah, when absolutely. you were suffering depression and I was in my addiction, it took me a while to realize God loves me yeah. just like this. Not when I get sober, yeah. not when I get better, yeah. but right now mm -hmm. in my suffering and in my sin, yeah. talk, uh, about your life and the beauty of it now and all the things that you have going on absolutely since you've overcome yeah so in after you know all of that i really felt like i was called to transition out of education which yeah. was hard for me because yeah. i loved the kids yeah. i was a high school teacher so i taught spanish and i loved it but 
I knew that that was probably like a part of me that I was like, okay, yeah. we're closing like this chapter. Yeah. And um, I went through a career change. And so now I work at Human Resources and yeah. love it. And um, with that, I've picked up back traveling. So like traveling again is something that just really fills my cup. Mm-hmm. Um, being involved in the ministries at Gateway yeah. um, and the campus and having conversations with women is something yeah. that I really love to do to just hear their story and to be like, all right, let's come on. How are we going to overcome, you know, whether you, and just hearing them and just speaking life into them yeah. is something that I love. And I know that in my heart, I'll always hold a place for adolescence yeah. um, because there's just so much going on in this world wow. and they need the next generation to rise up and love them, but yeah. also speak truth to them. Yes, they do. And, um, I have that where I have people that are older, like in their 80s and 90s, you know, speaking life into me. And I've learned so much from just seeing them walk their faith out. And um, I mean, I have these projects that I started and one day I'm like, I'll finish them. I have started a devotional. Well, we need you to finish that with, <laughs> come on, our Oprah, so yeah. we can get you on yeah. the show. Yeah. And, uh, we, the so we got to get the devotional done. Yeah. We need you to continue to work with women. We need yes. you to continue to mentor our young people. Yeah. Uh, I think all of those you are fantastic yeah. at. As you were talking, I was thinking, I struggled with, this is me personally, one mm-hmm. man focus group. Mm-hmm seasons changing, yes. right? Yes. When I was in business and then the Lord says, oh, no, you're going to yeah. the ministry yeah. from beer to the Bible. And I'm going, uh-uh. no, Lord, because yeah. mm-hmm. we get so attached to the things of this world. And then God, even that season that you went through of three years of pro- the Lord processing you yes. to your healing. Yes. How did you make it along the, the process to your healing? Give our our viewers and yes. listeners some 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 keys and some uh, points about that. Absolutely. So definitely like if you are a believer and even if you aren't, just keeping like for me, the focus of going to church every Sunday was like super big because yeah. I was like, okay, I need to know first I'm not alone. Yeah. So I have all these people that I see on Sunday. Yeah. And of course, you know me, I'm talking to everyone. You so then me, I'm like, don't look at me, don't see me, like all these things. But the truth is like people would come up to me and be like, hey, how are you? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. like they would want to talk to you. And I'll be like, okay. And then I left and I was like, wow, that felt so good. Yeah. I was seen today. Yeah, you, you, was, know? you were seen. People tend to now, especially when you go to big churches, you yeah. can hide. Yeah. You could sneak in and sneak out yes. and never have fellowship yes. and community. For you and I, community and fellowship is a part of our rhythm of yeah. living mm-hmm. and the way we continue to walk out our daily healing. Yes. So talk to our viewers and listeners about the importance of community and fellowship. Absolutely. So I have community in all areas of life. Yeah. I love it when they <laughs> interwine and come together. So one of the things, look, yeah. I live with a roommate and we are both like social butterflies and we okay. love people. Yeah. So every other Friday we have people over at our house. She goes yeah. to a different church. Yeah. So I know people from a different church. Okay. And we have game nights. Okay. And that is, I'm like, this is amazing, yeah. you know? 
and then I lead a team at our campus. So then I have my community there. Mm -hmm. And then I have my then like really close niche of friends, right? Where when I'm having like a hard day or, you know, I'm like, okay, guys, I am about to spiral. Um, This is where I'm at. And actually a friend this week told me, I really appreciate your vulnerability. Mm. I thank you for reaching out to me and telling me where you're at and how I can be helping you right now. And I was like, well, this is just how I am with you. But I was like, you know, from the other side and receiving side of community, it means a lot because then I think they know they can also like be open with me. And so I think it's just part of who God created us to be. We We were never created to live life alone. No. And whatever season in life you're at, you know, whether you're single, married, you know, just a widow, like get people around you. Find. Yes. Find community. Find. You, you, developing strong relationships, Mm -hmm. relationships where there's accountability takes you being vulnerable, like we just talked about. But it also takes a level of transparency. Yes. Right. Hey, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm this work in progress. Yeah. I think one of the things that kept me out of church for a while was I was thinking it's going to be stigma because mm-hmm. they're going to find mm-hmm. out all the things yeah. about me. And it was actually the devil is a liar. It was <laughs> yes. actually the opposite of yeah. that. So when I would tell them my story, my testimony, it became this. They would wrap their arms yeah. around me. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found my accountability partners. That's where I found fellowship. And dispel the rumor for people that <laughs> if you do find a large church home, yes. that it's hard to have community. No, it is not <laughs> true. But I also think that we are responsible for our own actions. Ah, that's good. So if accountability, like if you are like, I can't find it. And if I ask, well, what are you doing? Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm just going on Sundays where I'm like, okay, well, that's just going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. You may just have to put yourself out there and see where you land. Yeah. And you can go to two, three different groups and you know what? You may not like them and they may not like you and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find the good fit. You know what? So I'm just saying, no, like, you will. Because sometimes I think we romanticize this idea of yeah. this is what my community looks like. Yeah. This is what I want people to do. And I'm like, are you even putting any effort? Yeah. So oh, that's, that's so good. And you know, it's just one of those that, things. That's so good. That That is, is so amazing. And you and I, we've developed this relationship. Yeah. And I, I thank God for you because you are, I cannot be around you and be down. Yeah. The spirit of depression cannot be around me yeah. when I'm with my Oprah. And that's why I call you my Oprah, because even if I came in the building mm. and I'm in my head or I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm at that tipping point, like, yeah, hey, it could be a bad day. And yeah. then I see you, we start talking and we start laughing. And I said, wow, Lord, that's a part of your ministry. Mm. That is a part yeah. of the gifting that the Lord imparted in you to encourage people, for people to look at you, Mm -hmm. hear your story and say, wow, look what God did for Brenda, our Oprah. Mm -hmm. He can do the same thing for me. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Mm -hmm. So we're winding down. I want you to just share your heart with our listeners 
And again, I want to reiterate to our listeners that you guys know we love the Lord and we try to be obedient to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord wanted us to talk about anxiety, depression. The Lord wanted us to see black and brown people who have suffered from addiction, who've mm -hmm. suffered from depression and anxiety and fear. And he wanted to show you that counseling is not a bad thing. Yes, can the Lord touch you and heal you? Yes, he can. Absolutely. That was not my journey. That was not your mm -hmm. journey. If he puts you through a process, just realize that he's faithful and he'll bring you through. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to turn it over to my Oprah yes. and let you close us Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to read a Bible verse. Oh, I love it. As love a it. way to close. Yeah. Um, Song of Songs. And I know people are going to be like, Song of Songs. Okay, but no, I really felt like as the bride of Christ, yes. the church, like I really felt like when I was going through my moment, this, these are the words I held on to. Yeah. And I knew that one day I would be like, okay, I'm going to be the bride, yes. you know? Yes. And so on songs too, um, this is the passion translation, which is my favorite. And okay. it says, arise, my dearest, hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one, the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended, and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blooming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines have, has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling with the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding wine, vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. Oh, that is That is so good. That is so good. Any last words that you want to say to our listeners and our viewers? Because we've certainly, you've yes. blessed us. You always mm -hmm. bless me. Now you get to bless yeah. the world. Yes. So um, any final words, our Oprah? Yes. I just want to tell you that you are loved, mm -hmm. that you are seen, that whatever you're going through in this season will not last forever. Um, God loves you and he cares for you and he sees you. And he just wants you to know to, if you need help, to go get help. There's nothing wrong with, you know, telling your friend or your family member where you're at. Um, that is the first step to freedom. Mm. Thank you. And as we close, you can find us at frombeertothebible.com. That's frombeertothebible.com. We survive on your donations and your gifts, so we want to say thank you. And whether you want to give $1 or $1 million, we want to say thank you again. And I want to leave you with this. God is love. God is love. He loves you right where you are. He's not mad at you. And remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. May God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.